Football, by the hell. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Football, bloody hell. Yes, your midweek special is back. And of course, that voice that you can hear, first of all, tonight, it's our guest all the way from Spain. It's Mr. Paul Thorpe. How are you doing, Thorpey? I'm doing very well, thank you. Doing, doing a bit of decorating today on the old place, so it's looking a bit fresh and lovely. What's the score on the uh, paella? Have you had any of that today? Uh, any of the old no, sangria? No, no, a, no, no, no alcohol at the moment, uh, but uh, the paella will be going down possibly on the weekend. Ooh. My order is already in at the uh, Spanish tapas bar just opposite me, so... Uh, yeah, the lovely Spanish guy running it, very joy- joyous and uh, most loveliest paella ever. Who else is having paella this weekend? Could it be guest number two, Rick Hyatt? How you doing, Rick? Uh, I'm very well. I'm feeling paella less. More, more, <laughs> more pie and chips, is it, Rick? Pie and <laughs> chips. No, I may have had more sophisticated, but I can't possibly match our continental friend, obviously. <laughs> Also joining us tonight for the midweek special, of course. It wouldn't be the midweek special without our very own Tom Bailey's here. How are you doing, Tom? Oh, it's an honour to be to be left on uh, as last on the running order. I'm normally brought in first, so pleasant change. I'm happy to be here. Oh, is that what we are now, Hilda? Have you decided that's what we are? We're a midweek special. Yeah. We're a midweek special. Yeah. Okay. This is when Thorpey normally comes in and goes, "Oh, definitely special," but uh, certainly. In our midweek offering, we seem to be the boys for the last couple of weeks. This is quite a, we've got a niche little group up. we've got going on now. Yeah, we've got a settled lineup, solid, solid four, and uh, yeah, they're doing the business. Indeed, we are, and we're going to go straight in on that note because, unfortunately, the plan was that Three Valleys Radio we're going to send our very own Tom Bailey and Scythire all the way down to Plymouth for the game against Truro, but. The weather had other ideas. And Tom, you ended up having the evening in. Well, in, uh, I played six side instead. So I was I was somewhat productive. Um, damn near killed me. But it was a, a pleasant evening. And it's it been a pleasant evening for the Oval fans as well, as there weren't too many upsets. Worthing were held at home by Slough. So we now have two games in hand and we've still got a 12-point gap. So I think it could certainly have gone worse, to be honest. I mean, it, it definitely was attractive reading, Rick, when you look at the, the results at the end of it and you think, do you know what? Yeah, we're not playing. Not really the end of the world. Not lost anything at all. Tom Bailey, I'm disappointed to uh, hear that you didn't decide to spend your, your evening with Scythire anyway, regardless of there being football on. Scythire is a lovely, lovely man, but uh, he can't make me better at football i thought so. you were gonna say that he can play football is what i <laughs> thought you were gonna say you have no idea what i thought he was gonna say <laughs> it's probably best that that stays within my tiny mind we'll cut that out we'll cut that out be interesting to see if next time around though tom if you do play a game that we can maybe do a little prediction ahead of your six aside game the level was low it was nil nil we'll say that how many hours were you playing for <laughs> just kept going out of the two hours i've had a grand total of three shots which is massive for me. So we'll take what we can get. No goals, but uh, I've got all year to do that. You didn't summon your inner Michael Smith? No, no, no. I'm more Ben Richards Everton. (laughs) Tragic. (laughs) 
What about you, Thorpey? Do you like the old five or six aside? Can you still get yourself around a five aside pitch? Uh, no. <laughs> Especially not at the moment. Not this dodgy knee, no. Not at the moment. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I thought I'd offer it there. You might still have it, you know. You never lose it and all that. Six aside forwards all over the country breathe a heavy sigh of relief as Thorpey's knee puts him into retirement and he no longer puts them into the side wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They'll be blessed. Well then, Thorpey, as to say, there was no game, but uh, nothing really lost for Yeovil. Of course, there couldn't really be with them being 15 points clear before uh, the set of games yesterday. But next up on the billing, I believe it's St Albans City. So uh, Yeovil Town have got more work to do this time on the road. Yeah, I, I, just looking at the league now, and um, they got um, two games in hand, and they're actually 12 points clear at the moment. And it's St Albans in ninth place, played 28 as well, 44 points. And a goal difference of three. So it's a nice place to go to. Good playing surface. Always well-run club, St Albans. But I, I again, I, I would qu- quite gladly take a 1-0 away win now. I think there's something we can win. I think that if we... Now we've got the addition up front. With people who are hungry to play. Um, I think this is something, again, we should be looking to uh, proceed with three points and nothing less. Tom Bailey. St Albans, uh, just a little foot in the opposition camp. Uh, what can you tell us? Uh, Mr Jeffers still on the books, of course, formerly of Yeovil Town? Uh, he is indeed. He, uh, I believe he scored last night as well. He did uh, in their 4-1 win over Havington Waterlooville. Uh, they have won their last four games on the spin and they're, they're looking like playoff contenders at the moment, especially with their form. They've They've had a very stop start season never really got themselves going but they seem to have hit a good run of form since sort of the turn of the year i mean they've beaten farnborough and Hemel hempstead so they've they've been sort of teams there or thereabouts around them they didn't look bad when we played them at the start of the year either that they were still inconsistent and sean jeffers wasn't playing so the fact that he's now on the pitch and uh getting goals for them they're they're starting to look dangerous i wouldn't be surprised if we left with a draw to be honest and i think i'd take that personally i won't be there but I'm sure Gavin Sy will do a good job of of telling everybody how it's going. I, I know we've been in great form, but St Albans is going to be a, a really, really tough test. If we were to come out of it with three points, then there's no point. They just cancel the league now. Give us the title now because it, this could be one of the toughest games we've got left. I see on social media, uh, particularly over the last couple of days, people have started to really get the calculators out and get the fingers out and start plotting where Yeovil are going to complete the league already some going as early as the first or second week of March Rick we're obviously in a quite unique position to be as it stands 12 points clear at the top of the table what camp are you in at the moment in terms of are you looking ahead to that uh, open top bus parade around Yeovil or regardless of the amount of points cushion there is at the moment still a case of 24th of January as we record this Still got to be as cautious as we possibly can. Despite this devil-may-care exterior, I am at heart a miserable old curmudgeon. And until it's mathematically done, I'm not counting any chickens whatsoever. So, yes, just get it done and get it done as quickly as quickly as possible. The thing is, I think mentally, whatever noises people make, and they make the same noises that I just made then, I think everybody has decided that we're going up and we're going to win the league. It's just a matter, like you say, of when. Paul, you've obviously played the game. I mean... Obviously, everything that's going to come out of the club is very much one game at a time. Toe the line. It will come from the manager. It will come from Martin. It will come from the 
the boys with inside the dressing room as well from what we hear in press conferences and stuff. But will the conversation be very much different inside the changing room? Well, that, that that's why I said what I did, really, you know, by being positive and, and, and being aggressive away from home against against St Albans that's the type of attitude you've got to have to, to get over the line we actually when, when we got to, uh, promoted back to the conference we actually won the championship at St Albans you know so it's um, it's a good hunting ground for us um, yes they're in good form but unless we, we have the attitude of going to win this game you know it's their cup final playing against Yeovil Yeovil have got so many more cup finals now and, and if they have that attitude uh, that this game is a, is a cup final and they can get that win that uh, Tom has, has mentioned about how, how important and how, it's, you know, that is a breeding of success. And that would be fantastic. I think the players and the management will be looking at nothing less than a way of, of trying to win this game. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the actual form itself for Yeovil Town at the moment, Tom, I think it's five on the spin at the moment for Yeovil. And those W's keep on a creeping back up again. So, uh Everything's sort of pointing in the right direction still. It's not only that, but clean sheets are coming with us as well. We would normally sort of get two ones or three twos, but the defence has sharpened up even further. It's, I think the only game we've not kept a clean sheet in since Dartford in the, on the 9th of December is against Taunton at home. 2-0 um, seems to be a very popular offering at the moment for Yeovil. Yeah, and there's a lot of domination involved as well. A lot of patient play, you get an early goal and then perhaps a later one. Or you even go into halftime, nil nil and then bang, bang. I think it's uh, it's it's certainly looking good at the moment. Clean sheets are, are coming, goals are coming as well. And it's looking very difficult to stop us at the moment. But um, I think out of our next three games, this is probably, well, I'd say actually it's harder than Maidstone. Maidstone's position is good, but they've been a bit inconsistent recently. In fact, they lost to Slough, who we host midweek next week. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting seeing how uh, how we go at the weekend, especially with an extra week of rest. Well, you set that up nicely, Tom. I may as well stick with you to put your neck on the line and give us a predicted scoreline, the first one of the evening. Oh, God. I'm going to be pessimistic. I'm not going to say we're going to lose. We're not going to lose. There will be goals. I'm going to go for a Desmond. I'm going to go early on a Desmond. I think 2-2. Two, two. St Albans, they're going to be really tricky to deal with. I think we could get a goal... Uh, early on and then they'll get themselves back into it they always have again like Paul said they've uh, they'll run well and they've got some good players so I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw lots of work to do for Gavin Sai at the weekend how do you see it Rick Hyatt I think that Tom's very nearly there I think he's very nearly got it right but he's overstated St Albans by one English goal and it'll be 2-1 to the Green Army because I can't see them conceding too. Desmond sounds sexy and lovely and nice and a spectacle to watch, but it does involve Yeovil conceding two goals, which hasn't looked in recent weeks like it's going to happen. So, yeah, I think a 2-1. All house, Thorpey, for the Glovers? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with my uh, my one niller because I think that that would be a, a fantastic uh, result. And um, if they keep it nice and tight and limit St Albans to their chances, I think that... You know, we've got the ability to be able to nick it. So a good old-fashioned Arsenal 1-0 win would be a really fantastic result. So I'm going to just go for the 1-0. So I am going to agree with Mr Hyatt this evening. and I'm Congratulations, say, David. Well done. 1-2. 1-2. That's not just me testing the microphone. I do think it's going to be 1-2. You all make very good points, Tom, particularly with the, the stats that back up sort of 
Yeovil's clean sheet record's been pretty decent up until now, and they're functional at the moment, and they're getting goals pretty much in each each half, and just about doing enough. I say just about doing enough. That's probably a little bit harsh, but like we touched on last week, there's still just certain sections of the port that still thinks that we should be getting fours and fives and sixes. But as we've showed, you don't need to do that every single week in order to be, you know, 12 points clear as we are at the moment. But St. Albans are a good outfit. And there's always a story when there's a former Glover playing in the opposition ranks. So uh, possibly one for Jeffers to get notched at the weekend. But we've got Mr. Pearson, baby. So uh, carry on doing that at the rate that he did at the weekend so don't forget you can listen to that on three valleys radio with gav and Cy. rick and we coming there in is there? the extra bonus of, if, if gav's on who knows who the scorers will be because gav just makes <laughs> it up so it's not what goes on in front of his own eyes he, he makes it up <laughs> and gives goals to everyone evening gavin <laughs> he was wrong yeah does he have a cami moment now and again does he yeah he was determined that um person's goal his second goal on Saturday was, in fact, an own goal. I think he was the only person in the country that thought that. He was very quick to say the words own goal as well on the mic. Yeah, very, quick. very keen. You're listening, Gav. He was making his mark straight away. Definitely oh. an own goal. Oh, one other thing about the game on uh, on Saturday. I was very, very fortunate to have my glamorous assistant, Mr. Paul Thorpe, sat on my left hand. Thankfully, not literally. Have you changed your mind on that red card decision yet, Thorpe? Have you seen it again? Because that was a monster. And you said, oh, oh, maybe a yellow. Yeah, definitely a red, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> hey, it was a yellow in my day. Jeez, I'm glad I wasn't playing when you were playing. Flipping heck. There you go. As a collective, what do the three Valleys Radio commentators know, eh? Ugh. Oh, whatever what are we just, like? There's not a consistent line because we all just disagree with each other anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> Can I just add, sorry, very quickly before we move on. This is a big weekend for the National League South and for us to go even further clear because like we've touched on, not only are we two games in hand, 12 points clear, but I'm just look- I've am just i only just looked at some of the fixtures and there's some massive ones in here. Worthing and Torquay are playing each other. So that's second versus seventh. Chelmsford versus Hampton and Richmond, that's Ooh. third versus fifth. Maidstone, of course, aren't playing because they're in the FA Cup still. So there's a real chance for some gaps to continue growing here. And um, we'll start to see who really is playoff contenders and who isn't. So whilst we were having a previous conversation about keeping our feet firmly on the ground and only celebrating when we get over the line, are you saying, Tom, that Yeovil are going to win the league by about 25 points? <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was that far. How much did Ebbsfleet win the league by last year? Because that was at a canter, and I don't think we're too far off of their pace. We might even be ahead of their pace. I'm not sure, but I know they hit the 100. Well, they, they've got the joint record. Yeah, 109, wasn't it? Points uh, 103, I think. Oh. Um, but it was it was absolutely gargantuan. I think second place had like 80 four points i think it was dartford who struggled but yeah i think we will be far and away the uh league winners well talking of big gaps that brings me nicely to the game yesterday evening as we record this on tuesday which is chelsea versus middlesbrough uh in the first semi-final second leg middlesbrough going to stanford bridge a goal up of course after their first leg win Paul Thorpe, you know I'm going to come to you next because yeah. when I spoke to you on Monday, you said something along the lines of, got a sneaky feeling for Middlesbrough, I think yeah, is that... the line. Well, 
How's that sneaky feeling now after they shipped six goals? Uh, that that went out the door on the fifteenth minute and um, and just got worse and worse. I just couldn't believe what I was watching, to be honest with you, and um, how disjointed and open they they looked defensively. And I thought that was where they were going to really shine: hard work defensively and counter attack on the break. And they were as bad as open as it could have been. Which was totally just played into Chelsea's hands, and I just was really quite shocked. So yeah, yeah, it was obviously a theory, and uh, unfortunately, it blew up in my face. It such a good, it's such a good prediction, Thorpe. Is why we officially invited you onto the predictions pod this evening. <laughs> what the hell do I know? <laughs> Listen, football is probably one of the most difficult things to actually try and get right. Especially that's why we love it, baby. That's why we that's, love it, and that's why that's why the football, you know, they have the Super Six because they and they offer big money on it because you know it is it really is so difficult to actually predict what happens during a game and uh, whether they take team takes the chances and you know with. Middlesbrough being so wide open just gave uh, Chelsea God knows how I many. It could have been ten one to be fair. I thought they were really really poor on the night, which is a real shame for for them, especially when the, the Middlesbrough fans, bless them, cheered so well, like they'd actually won the game for when their goal went in. So um, well done to the old Middlesbrough fans and seeing the light side of that, and well done for getting through the semi finals. This is the thing with Chelsea, though, Rick, isn't it? Because we were looking at it and as to why Thorpe was pointing towards that result, I think a few of us were, if we're being really honest, because you look at how disjointed Chelsea still have been this season and Middlesbrough, all right, they might fancy themselves to be a little bit higher than what they actually find themselves at the moment, but they're still only a few points off the playoffs and still a pretty decent, steady championship team. But they had every chance to go there and capitalise on the... um, the fragile Chelsea displays at the moment. But on the flip side, there's still so much talent and abundance of money, big money players in that squad. When Chelsea win 6-1, you go, they probably should have won by six goals to one. It's sort of, you could see both scenarios happening. You wouldn't have been surprised, would you, if either team had won? Apparently, though, according to Gav, it was only 4-1. He's knocked two of two of the Chelsea goals off because he didn't like the look of them. So it's only 4-1. <laughs> But evening, Gavin. The, evening, Gav. Uh, that's that's fifty percent of the people's final out the window, isn't it? So up the Fulhams. Otherwise, it's going to be a waste of time. You do realise Gav is going to be gunning for you in the group chat as soon as he listens to this back, Rick Hyatt. <laughs> Rick Hyatt has left the group. <laughs> Thoughts on it, Tom? Like I say, it was dubbed as a game that Middlesbrough could potentially get one foot into the or. Oh, both feet because it was the second leg into the final but wasn't to be and as Thorpe alluded to after 15 minutes the writing was well and truly on the wall wasn't it yeah as soon as the first one went in I I'll be honest I forgot it was on to start with but I did start watching it uh, as soon as I saw the first goal in I uh, I turned it off so I was like well that's that's that then because two's gonna come and uh, sure enough three four five and six followed yeah I think I am looking forward to the penalty shootout win for Liverpool in the Carabao Cup final in March, because of course that's going to happen as our last God knows how many finals have been. I actually said, we were talking about this today at work. I believe the last five games between Chelsea and Liverpool have finished in draws. So considering they can't win a single game, they sure do a good job of stopping us of winning them. But yeah, I think it's going to be a difficult game for Liverpool tonight. And who knows? It may not even be us in the final, but if it is, then put your money on a penalty shootout. Mm. I was at one of those penalty shootouts in the FA Cup final against... 
uh, <laughs> against uh, Chelsea, but uh, it certainly didn't have my uh, celebrations after the game well into London town in the night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to go round to everybody and ask what they do think is going to happen this evening, but there's no point because you heard me do this on Monday and you knew who was going to say Fulham <laughs> and you knew who was going to say Liverpool. And looking at who we've got on tonight, I think it's going to be the same again. But just to humour me, everyone, who's going through tonight in a word? Tom, start with you. Liverpool, but I think on the night it will be a one-all draw. Rick? Fulham. Of course. Of course like four are. goals to one. Deckle Dover Reed hat-trick, Rick, eh? <laughs> Paul Thorpe? Yeah, I think that um, the, the class will uh, shine through at the end and um, they might score, but I think we'll, we'll get through something like 2-1 or something like that. But, ha! Uh, I just had a thought. The Paul Thorpe Middlesbrough effect is going to kick in now and he's just predicted <laughs> yeah. Liverpool to win, so they're going to lose <laughs> 6-1. Oh, damn it, I should have chosen a Thorpe. I know! Unlucky Thorpe, <laughs> too late now, mate. Especially yeah. this, by the time you listen to this, listeners, as well, it would have already been well old news. And again, you'll see how wrong we are here on Three Valleys Radio. Paul Thorpe, of course, will have trended on X, formerly known as Twitter, very yeah. briefly. <laughs> I think it's important, though, that um, Klopp and uh, this team starts winning again. No, it's so not. Winning trophies. And, um, <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's know, not at all, Thorpe. No, no, no. So we can rub it in the Manchester United uh, fans' faces, like, you know, but uh, it. it I think it is important for all clubs, and I think that we're we're at that stage of our our proceedings that, that we do need to keep the, this uh, uh, ball rolling. And I think that it's important for them, just in the other competitions as well, that we actually uh, get some silverware on the table. Well, the league's already won, according to Sky Sports. Have you seen some of their propaganda? I mean, publicity this week. Jesus, I think they they might they might be favouring Liverpool just ever so slightly. It's embarrassing. Yeah, five, Man City five points behind and De Bruyne back in. It's going to be a real tough run even for Liverpool to win that championship. And if they do win it, then um, it would be a, a feat. Because when you sort of like just, you know, this, we know what's going on behind the scenes. and They've got their date apparently approved now that they're going to get the, all the, all the uh, evidence looked at. But, um, you know, when you look at their squad, it's just the best squad in the world at the moment. So... Um, if if Liverpool can win it this year, yeah. Take note, I, Chelsea. Man City is an example of how you should spend your money, <laughs> albeit illegally. In the course, well, that's where you should spend your money. Anyway, <laughs> Liverpool aren't going to win the win the Premier League this season because it's not a year with an asterisk in it. Sorry, lads. Ah, uh, right. That's okay then. We can just blame it on you then, Rick. Yes, my, I, I, no, I'll take the credit for that one. Liverpool don't win. <laughs> it's all down to me. Yeah. I'll happily wear that one. It all yeah. stems from this podcast again. Well, it's FA Cup action this weekend but before we go ahead to that we're going to take a little trip across the continent and go to africa because afcon is well and truly underway and tom bailey i'm going to throw it to yourself as a football pervert like myself because it has all been happening in afcon so far you got the mo salah injury what's going to happen with egypt are they going to go through You've got Senegal that have topped their group. They're probably the only team who are expected to do well that have done well so far. A complete mauling for the Ivory Coast. Ghana are out. Chris Hewton has lost his job. Algeria are out. They got beaten by Mauritania last night. Bebe, the former Manchester United youngster, scoring screamers from 40 yards. It's all happening in AFCON. Tom Bailey, tell us more. 
Well, we've been saying it's all happening. However, the two fixtures from earlier on today are nil-nil draws between Namibia and Mali and South Africa and Tunisia, which means that if my, well, my website will catch up, Tunisia are out. Yeah. And they've they've had a good run in uh, AFCON previously. So that's another shock on the cards. Some of the tables look like they're upside down. They do. Yeah, it's genuinely... I mean, Ivory Coast sacked their manager today despite the tournament going on. So his assistant is taking over for the knockout stage if they make it through as one of the successful third-place teams. Yeah, it's it's been uh, a, a real mixed bag, this competition. The fact that Andre Onana was dropped for their crucial game uh, for Cameroon, sorry, against Guinea as he didn't save any of the shots he faced. Are you watching, Eric? Yeah. <laughs> Eric, if you're listening... Altai Bayendir is at the club. I'm actually curious to see who they start this weekend, Manchester United. We'll get onto that later. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a really interesting tournament so far, with some quality, some less quality. But I think we could have a shock on the cards for a winner when you've got the likes of uh, Algeria out, Tunisia out, Ghana could go out, Ivory Coast could go out. So who knows what's going to happen next? The fact that Equatorial Guinea are top of their group is. Um, nuts to me cape verde are flying it's the only place in africa i've ever been so that's my team that's my boys and they've got mauritania in the round of 16 so they're in with a chance so yeah you can put your money on cape verde you've got nigeria versus cameroon in the knockouts and then like you say cape verde and mauritania it could go any way honestly who knows open wide thorpe have you had an eye over the competition so far I, well, I've just watched the uh, second half of the uh, South African game, uh, the nil-nil uh, draw. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry yeah, to hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the most uh, spectacular game in the world. But no, I've, I've not seen too much of it. What I have seen, I'll be honest with you, I've not been that impressed with. And it has been quite quite dull and boring. Obviously, part I've been missing the parts that have been exciting with the uh, long-range shooting, but... No, I, I just think that um, the scouts will be over there looking to see who they can take for uh, the Premier League. And um, let's hope it's not too many so we can get some more English players back in the Premier League. This is what I find so fascinating about it. It's like you go through some of the lineups and because obviously you've got quite a, an imbalance, I suppose, between the top sides and the not so good sides within Africa, with it being a huge continent, of course, you've got, yeah. I think I, I saw there is a player who plays for Wildstone in the National League, playing in his national team um, yesterday. Yeah. And um, you've just got players that are all different levels all over the world playing with each other. Yeah. It's fascinating. But to see like the different gaps in quality amongst the best uh, and the rest all playing together. Makes it quite interesting. No, absolutely. And um, we uh, had a lad down at uh, Bridport who actually played, I think, for Burkina Faso, I think, at one stage in, in his younger days. But, you know, it's it's, uh, it's just certainly an interesting championship. I watched most of the last one, but I just not really had much chance to actually sit down and, and watch it uh, this year. That's because you're very busy doing decorating, just in case Samantha Thorpe is listening. He hasn't got time to sit down and watch football. He's a very, very busy man. I've told her she's not interested. The, the hard work that's been gone into, you know, the decorating over here, in the searing heat, sweating. Thorpe's got to be the only individual who's an Englishman who's flown to Spain to watch coverage of the African Cup of Nations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to be on podcasts like this, you see. I mean, it's just a, it's such a thrilling lifestyle that I Keeping need. it real, Thorpe. It's keeping it real, mate. Yeah. Right then, boys, are you ready? 
Are you ready to put your prediction heads on? How are we feeling? We feeling confident tonight before we go through these? Because it's FA Cup week, guys. It's back. It's back for the FA Cup round four, I believe. And it starts as it did last time with a cheeky little Thursday night. Well, hopefully the Thursday night offering this time around won't quite be the same as the Crystal Palace Everton showing on ITV4. And to be honest, Rick, that game was on the channel that it deserved, in my opinion. Absolutely. I don't understand why it was on at all. It's not a very attractive Premier League fixture. There are other teams that could have a, a moment in the spotlight and he just showed Almost up. a token gesture TV offering. There you go. There is a theory that that's because it's the only time that the BBC and ITV get to show Premier League teams live. So that's why they, they tend to choose yeah. them because they don't cover them normally because they're all on BT or Sky. But Bournemouth versus Swansea City on a yeah. Thursday. Two great footballing sides playing the right way. The beautiful philosophy. We'll stick with you, Rick. How's it going to kick off this time around? Nil-nil. Nil-nil? No, I just said that because I wanted to see Dave's face. (laughs) It's going to be a routine win for Bournemouth after that embarrassing blip that they had at at the weekend. I think they'll get back on the horse and uh, 3-1 to Bournemouth. How do you see it, Paul? Obviously, Swansea, formerly of the Premier League, of course, found themselves in the lower reaches of the championship recently but they've just um hired the Notts county manager actually who's gone in there so it could be an interesting appointment that one but bournemouth probably going to be tough opposition for them if you look at current form yeah current form is swansea are not doing particularly well are they in bournemouth for uh, you know say they had a bit of a blip but they've been playing some decent football and uh yeah, they've got a, a hot striker at the moment so yeah I, I agree with rick i think this could be a straightforward uh win for for bournemouth Possibly, but that is putting the muckers on them, given my prediction. I am actually going to agree with Rick. I'm going to go for a 3-1. Tom Bailey, four house for the cherries. Four house for the cherries. Oh, Iriola gets to live another day. (laughs) Gets a cup run. I'm going to go for a 3-2. It's the only thing keeping him in his job, you know. (laughs) Did you say 3-2, Tom Bailey? I did. Yes, I did. I think Swansea... It's too early to judge under Luke Williams, but the only loss he's had so far in his three games are against Southampton, who've not lost since like They're October. They're flying, aren't they? So I can't really judge him on that. And he absolutely demolished us when he played us last year in uh, in the league with Notts County. So yeah, 3-2. I think they'll they'll get the job done. Probably a couple of backups. Maybe Kiefer Moore will make an appearance for Bournemouth. I also think even if they weren't playing well, they would win. Bournemouth, as I see on their head-to-heads, Swansea are unable to beat Bournemouth. In their last 12 games against each other, they've uh, not won a single one. So, Bournemouth win, up Iriola. So, I am going to go for a routine as they come. 2-0 win for the Cherries over the Swans. Swansea have struggled particularly in front of goal. They sold Pirro at the start of the season, didn't they, to Leeds United and... They don't have a tremendous amount of goals from what I've seen in the team. And Bournemouth, it's very much like for light. They rotate the squad and everyone who seems to know their jobs and the players that come in seem to sort of, it's rinse and repeat. So I think the Cherries will get themselves into the fifth round. That's all for Thursday. Four offerings on Friday. Are they all on telly? Is that why they're all on Friday? One that I know definitely is on telly. Is Tottenham Manchester City. So we discussed that one first, Rick Hyatt. I'm sure you're dying to get into that one. Can Ange get one over Pep here? I'd like to think so. 
but I don't think so. Does that make sense? The Tottenham Hotspurs can continue to concentrate on their push for European football because I think Abu Dhabi won't need to part the camels. They'll be quite forward-thinking and uh, they'll probably win by 115 illegal breaches of financial fair play to none. I've got it in. Thank you very much. There it is. Rick Bingo. There you go. 2-0 City. Thorpe, how do you see this one? Could you see either team rotating squads here? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can, uh, for sure. Obviously, the Man City have got that depth in squad to be able to do that. Tottenham, not not so much. I'm going to go with my heart and uh, not my head and say there's going to be an upset in this one. I'm going to go for a little cheeky 2-1 Spurs. Was it your heart or your head that said Middlesbrough, Thorpe? (laughs) Which was it? (laughs) My heart. I wouldn't listen to that one. I listened to the other one, mate. Well, it could just be fantasy uh, football, like, say, 6-1. You know, but uh, I think you know. Let's let's just dream a little bit and think of the FA Cup, the tradition it's got, and let's go let's go for a little upset. Tottenham two one. I mean, this is one of the most iconic FA Cup games of all time. Was it around about two thousand and four when Kevin Keegan, sign of the times, Manchester City came back from three nil down with ten men to win at four three at the lane? Not that you'd probably remember that one, Tom, but uh, I just thought I'd chuck it in there for a little bit of. Add a I little was, bit of history I was to it. Three. <laughs> so you didn't see it? Is that what you're saying? No, no, I can't say I tuned in. No. <laughs> what about this time around? Uh, I think it's mental that we can consider. A, <laughs> I a think clo- it's mental. <laughs> it, it, it's going to be a mental game. I think. I think it's mental though that we can consider a club the size of Spurs beating City an upset. I think it just goes yeah. to show how far City <laughs> are. From everyone else that you could probably put Chelsea in there you may even be able to squeeze United in there and say it's an upset because they're just that far ahead I think Spurs will win it I think I'm going to go for a 1-0 it will either be that or a goal fest but I think 1-0 I think Spurs will have it and uh, the fact that Haaland is still out I know they've still got lots of quality City but um, I just have this feeling and it's at White Hart Lane well, White Hart Lane, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And Spurs always seem to beat City at home. So I will uh, I will go for a Spurs win. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. That I don't think Manchester City have won at Spurs, have they? They even played them in the Champions League as well. And City yeah. won. Sorry, Spurs won that one. But I have a feeling it's probably going to be 1-2 again. 1-2, 1-2, testing, testing, I think City Is that your catchphrase this week? You've gone from Desmond's to one two one two, one two one two testings, one twos. Yeah, it's going to be a big weekend for away teams. I I fancy, but yeah, City. The likes of Oscar Bob will get a chance and just so I had an opportunity to say his name and throw it in there as well. Will probably be involved. Another eye-catching one though, Rick. I'll throw it back to you. Is Chelsea Villa because Chelsea? We've already touched on. You're not quite sure what you're going to get. Villa are not quite as efficient away from home, but they've got every chance to have a cup run themselves if they really decide to to go for it. How do you see that one going? Before I make a considered opinion, (laughs) I think that it's only fair that we get some inside information. And who better to give us inside information from the Aston Villa camp than their manager himself, Unai Emery? What do you think, Unai? How's it going to go? It's going to be very, very good. Very, very good. Uh, very good. We're going to win this game uh, with attractive uh, football and uh, kick those uh, Chelsea people right up the ass. Ooh. Uh, 
1-0 to Aston Villas then, based on the insider knowledge that I now have. Very attacking play. Very attacking play. Oh, 2-0. <laughs> I, um, I just... Just an observation, and I know this isn't going to mean anything to the listeners at home, but Unai <laughs> seems to only talk when he's got his face right up to the camera. <laughs> Is that what you were going to say, Tom? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you actually, he, ha- you saw him. he has the, he has an inability to be able to talk far away. <laughs> Unai Emery never knowingly talks from distance. Because he's so softly spoken. He is very close <laughs> up. He's, oh, he's off it. Oh. Uh, sorry, Rick. What was your prediction? I don't know. I've sort of. <laughs> I've, I'm confused now. I've confused myself. <laughs> so are the listeners. That hasn't worked out the way I thought it was going to. Oh, uh, dear. I'm going to go for. Uno Dos. One, two. I'm going to go for a, for what's no, known as, as a Dave Pryor. A, a, a one, two. Yeah, Uno Dos. What about you then, uh, Paul Thorpe, Uno Emery? It's, it's a really, really good opportunity for Aston Villa to get to the final. And uh, I, I think it'd be a, a great if they did. And um, for that reason, I am going to go uh, same there, 2 1 uh, Aston Villa. Tom Bailey, full house of Juan Twos? No. I think Chelsea won Aston Villa nil. I think they'll take the momentum. Chelsea are on a good run of form. If you exclude their, well, I say if you exclude, you could just exclude every loss. <laughs> if you exclude, their if you exclude form. all the games that they've <laughs> lost, they're unbeaten. Um, since since Christmas, they've lost once, and that was the middle of the game. So one loss in six, two losses in in seven. If you're going <clears> to <throat> go longer, but yeah, they think I think there's a corner that's being turned. It's a long corner, but it is being turned. Uh, and I think Chelsea will get it. I think it will prepare them nicely for the lost midweek next week against Liverpool. But I think 1-0 to Chelsea. I think I'm going to go for a Villa win purely because Chelsea obviously smashed Middlesbrough, got six goals. Everyone's going to think they're going to kick on now and then they won't because that seems to be what happens to Chelsea this season. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say... Oh, I'm not going to say 1-2. I'm going to say nil 2 Chelsea nil, Aston Villa two, and we might have an Unai Emery FA Cup football bloody hell special come the end of the a season. Special? We'll see. Are we going to do a special? Damn it! <laughs> Look forward to that. See the guests that we can get on this show. I mean, it's unbelievable guest <laughs> list that we've got now. Little shout out as well to Bristol City because, of course, they beat West Ham. We won't go into it in full detail, but they. Do take on Nottingham Forest and elsewhere it's Sheffield Wednesday and Coventry. But just for funsies, just give me two names out of those two fixtures. Who's going through out of Bristol City and Forest and Sheffield Wednesday and Coventry? Tom, I'll start with you. Uh, I think Coventry and a replay. Rick Hyatt? Coventry and the Tricky Trees. Paul Thorpe? Coventry, Bristol City. Oh. I think Coventry in a replay is good. I I, yeah. I can see that. Um, so I'm going to sit with Tom Bailey on that one and say Coventry and a replay. Saturday then, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six fixtures from the FA Cup. The first one we will touch on because it's a massive day for Maidstone United, the biggest arguably in their history, into the FA Cup fourth round and their reward is a trip 
to Ipswich Town. Interesting one, this, because I think no doubt getting to this stage, you'd want a plum tie away from home. But who shall I start with? Rick Hart, I'll throw it to you first. Ipswich Town are going so well at the moment in the championship and could soon be a Premier League side, looking at the trajectory they're on at the moment. So maybe it's not all bad a draw for the Maidstone United supporters. How do you see it? 4-0, Ipswich. Sorry, does that not correspond with, with your big build-up? But no, Ipswich are playing too well. Kieran McKenna is doing a great job and showing that the managerial team at United wasn't as bad under Ollie as everybody thinks. And yeah, I just think that they're they're on a on a roll and the FA Cup ends for Maidstone on Saturday. This is different gravy for them now, isn't it? Yeah, this Playing is a problem. Like I mean, Ipswich. Ipswich, well, they'll, they'll see it as, as an opportunity to progress, but then they can play against presumably Premier League teams later on in the competition, the longer they stay in it. And it's a, it's a good gauge of how they're doing. And as we've said over and over and over about about Yeovil, it's, it's about momentum and you just keep winning. But one thing that I do hope Ipswich do is I hope that they take their goalkeeper from their youth squad and do a bit of rotating and Charlie Binns gets a game. It's not going to happen. He's only 16, but he plays for the same cricket club as me. So that would be cool. But Ipswich are going to win 4-0. Thorpey, can you offer anything for Maidstone United here? No, this is their cup final, I think. You know, again, they've probably come up against probably one of the, the worst teams you could probably come up against away from home because I think that Ipswich said, like Rick said, is are playing some really good football. And I think their movement would just be too much for uh, Maidstone. I hope Maidstone um, show up and, and they, they make a good uh, stand. But I think that just the the, um, uh, the sharpness, the, the passing ability of Ipswich would be too much for them. So probably, yeah, three three or four n- nilla there. Don Bailey? I think Maidstone will get a goal, but it will be uh, like a four. Well, yeah, 4-1. That just has too much quality, unfortunately. But it's a great showing for non-league football that a team like Maidstone can get as far as they have. And good luck to them. Yeah, agreed. I think Maidstone might be good for a goal. They might even take the lead and then they'll get smashed and get hit by for at least five. So I'm going to go 5-1 to Ipswich and wish Maidstone all the best, but not too much because, of course, they're in the Ovals League. Well, they can can concentrate on their campaign to finish runners-up in their league, whichever league that happens to be. Yeah, I'll come back to Thorpey's point because he said it's... uh, Maidstone's cup final well of course it isn't because their cup final of course is Yeovil Town because as we say every week it's everybody's <laughs> cup final this in this division yeah. <laughs> absolutely absolutely but yeah to get this far is, is just fantastic for a team from the National South isn't it like so well done to them and uh, great applaud it's for for uh, giving our league such a big stature Tom Bailey can you smell that I think the next one might be a bit of a stinky fixture it's Everton Luton oh oh God, do I have to do this one? Are you o-godding at how I've presented that to you or the fixture itself or both? Yes, <laughs> yes. I, uh, I, 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 I mean, the, the, the repeat fixture, I suppose, of earlier in the season where Luton got their first ever Premier League win. Lockyer scored that day, didn't he, I think? He did, old Tom Lockyer. He was in conversation today as well. feel like you've been listening at work. I don't like that. I think... What do I think? I think Luton are going to do it again. 1-0. 
Uh, I think they'll just have enough. They've only lost one of their last five games, and that was against Chelsea. Sure, it took them a replay to get past Bolton, but I think they've just got enough. I think Everton have got more important things to worry about at the moment, like, I don't know, existing and their Premier League survival as well. Rick Hyatt? Replay. Yeah, I have a feeling it might be a replay as well. I've, I'm, I'm thinking 1-1 one, one vibes. Are you, are you getting the same vibes? Yeah, or nil-nil. As soon as you say it's a stinky game and nobody wants it, we're going to get two doses of it, aren't we? Four apiece. Oh, well, that'll be all right. But I think it'll be a replay. Thorpe, do you think this one's going to be stinky or entertaining? Uh, replay. Possibly 1-1. One, one, and it'll be, yeah. a, it'll be a, a replay that neither team I hope it's, not, I hope it's yeah. not stinky. You know, I, I think that um, both coming in... Well, both doing all right at the moment, aren't they, really? Everton have, have sort of like got shown a little bit of form. And uh, I think Luton are working really, really hard at, at, at their, um, their club to stay in the league, in, into the league. You know, that's the important thing for them. It's about staying in the Premier League. So will this take a sidestep or is it an opportunity for them to actually, you know, go a bit further? But I, yeah, I do, I think this will be a draw. 1-1. One, one. Elsewhere, Sheffield United play Brighton. We didn't actually touch on the fact that Brighton and Wolves drew 0-0 on Monday night. If anything, Brighton are a little bit stinky at the moment. They've had a few goalless draws in there. They don't seem to be scoring when Jao Pedro isn't getting a penalty. Nod to you, Rick Hyatt, that it's not just certain people on Merseyside getting penalties week after week after week. But, yeah, right. Um, how do we see this one? Because on the Sheffield United side of things, we've sort of labelled them as a little bit stinky recently. But actually, with Burton Diaz in the team at the weekend, they looked quite tasty. So, Thorpe, I'll throw it back round to you this time. How do you see this one going? Well, again, Sheffield United, again, working hard to get show that they can play at that level. Brighton are just just at the moment, where they, last year they had such a great season. This year, they're a little bit up and down. You're not sort of sure which uh, Brighton are going to turn up. But it's my granddad's old side, so I have to go with Brighton on this one. But hopefully it won't be... I hope it'll be nice, open, good football. You know, Sheffield United working really hard and Brighton showing a little bit more flair. Tom Bailey's drinking, so uh, Rick, I'll throw it to you next. Ooh. Ooh. There's no form to go by it or anything because the hipsters you'd think would do it but then they've been pants lately and Chris Wilder's come in and got Sheffield United playing competitively. Will either fancy this or again it's it's a case of bigger fish to fry for both these clubs with Brighton in Europe as well of course. Yeah Brighton have got Europe, Sheffield United they might as well pie off the league and give this a go so uh, yeah 2-0 Sheffield United. Oh, outrageous statement from Rick Hyatt. Tom Bailey, are you in agreement? I am. Not by two goals. I think it's going to be one goal to nil. Historically, Sheffield United have beaten Brighton. Uh, as a stat man myself, I do enjoy that idea. And Brighton, yeah, they've, they've, they're have they've unbeaten, but they've not really looked like themselves, as you mentioned with the penalties. It feels like they've had a real sort of get-out-of-jail-free card quite often. So I think, as Rick has touched on as well, the fact that Sheffield United got nothing to play for. I think, yeah, we'll go 1-0 Sheffield United. So I sort of agree with that sentiment, but I don't think Wilder would be seeing it as Sheffield United have got nothing to play for. I think he'll still believe that Sheffield United can do something and get out of this. So I don't know. Again, I think it'll be one where both will rotate and I will say... (laughs) I want to say 1-2, Rick. and, And now I feel like I've got a complex for saying it, but... Go on, do it, do it. So, Sheffield United 1, Brighton 2. Testing. 
<laughs> we have a bonus. We have a seven o'clock showing. That's me trying to work out the 24 hour clock of 1900 hours. <laughs> it's seven o'clock showing, eight o'clock if you're Spain. In that right, Paul Thorpe, where Fulham yeah. play Newcastle United. Is there an opportunity for both of these sides to get a little bit of a cut run going? Surely one final is enough for Fulham this season. <laughs> going to come in on that, Thorpe? Sorry, what was the fixture again? Fulham against Newcastle. <laughs> Uh, Newcastle. It's gripped you, isn't it, Thorpe? The prospect of this one. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Newcastle got to do something, haven't they? Got they got to. You know the money that's been pumped into that. They need to have some success, otherwise it is going to be put under pressure. And they're, they're exciting. You know, I, I actually think that they'll they'll win this one. Fulham. Yeah, like you said, one final is enough in it, but uh, I don't think they'll get to. Don't either. say that. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, let me finish, please let me finish. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll get to either, and um, I, I think they'll fizzle their season will fizzle out. So I will go for a Newcastle win 2 0. Brick Hyatt, do Newcastle have a full squad to select from? I've heard rumors. I'm gonna have a stab at no, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think, what, does that affect your decision? Uh, I don't know. I want them to have so many injuries in their squad that Tyndall has to play. That's a <laughs> dream ticket. Can you imagine that? Tyndall making an appearance at like 76 or wherever old he is, making an appearance back in the Premier League. Oh, but getting back to this particular fixture, um, oh, I'm going to sound like a fool when I say this. One, two. Because <laughs> I believe that's what fools say. Yeah. If tonight's anything to go by, I can only concur with that statement. Tom Bailey. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. Newcastle are really not good at the moment. And they stink in the FA Cup generally. They've hardly gone past this stage for years. They they very rarely get past the third round, let alone yeah. the fourth round. But they also have Marco Silva's number. They've absolutely hammered him whenever they've played them recently. So I'm going to go for a replay. I'm going to say one or Ponder replay. Never say that again. What was that? Please, was that Dave, Rihanna? <laughs> you're the gingerest man alive. You can't go saying things like that. That just doesn't, that doesn't work. Ladies and gentlemen, 14 elements of the Geneva Convention have just been broken with that sentence. <laughs> so that was a Newcastle win, was it, uh, Tom? Sorry. No, replay. <laughs> <laughs> Hence your... After a Desmond? Oh, no, no. No, no. Oh, he's gone stinky. Okay. I think Fulham will win. I, this is a reference. Newcastle don't seem to do very well in this competition at all. So I will say a 1-0 to the Cottagers in what Rick will believe might be quite the week for Fulham Football Club. Win-win. Wow. Elsewhere, uh, it's Leeds against Plymouth, Leicester against Birmingham, and no, just those two. Leeds and Plymouth, Leicester and Birmingham, Championship Affairs. Give me two names out of those fixtures, boys. Tom Bailey, I'll start with you. Oh, Leicester and Plymouth. Porthorpe, Leeds and Plymouth and Leicester versus Birmingham. Leeds, Leicester. Rick Hyatt? Just so I don't actually have to say that Leeds will win, I'm going to agree with Thorpey. I will agree with both Rick and Thorpey. It's fine. This is a safe space. It's okay. Sunday. 11.45 11.45 for a black country derby, I think. 
between West Bromwich Albion and Wolves. Thorpe, I'm going to start with you because the Midlands have a derby back. West Brom Wolves, how do you see this one going? Wolves, I hope. I just enjoy watching them play and uh, I hope we get some success up there. It's a little bit at my heart as well, like you know, but um, I do really enjoy watching them play and I, I think that um, I'd like to, just like to see um, his hard work pay off with a bit of success, really. And although West Brom are, are, are playing quite well, I just really hope that Wolves come to the front on this one and uh, I'm going to go for a 3 nilla. 3 nil in the Black Country derby. Yeah. Rick Hyatt, how do you see this one going? Can we put that in the box with the Pom de replay? <laughs> Never do that again. That's two and two minutes. I think that uh, I will get lynched if I don't say that the boys in Tangerine are going to come through with <laughs> a win, which I think they will. And I think, uh, yeah, Gary O'Neill will get them fired up for this. And I think it will be West Bromwich Albion 0-2 Wolverhampton Wanderers. How do you see it, Tom? Could there be a reply? Please stop. <laughs> no, I don't think it'll be a replay. I think it's going to be an absolute stonker. I think West Brom three, Wolves two. Wow. Wow. West Brom, they've got something going in the championship at the moment. And I think they'll want this. I think they'll just want it a little bit more than Wolves. So I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. I could see it going three, two to the other way as well. But I think it's going to go West Brom's way. Goals, 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 goals. Goals, goals, goals. Plenty of goals. Oh, I I think it will be a replay. Uh, I'm going to say one apiece and it will be blood and thunder and all the ingredients that you need for a proper derby. Nope, still doesn't sound good the third time. Move on, next fixture. Hopefully not involving anyone from Birmingham. At least Dave got it right in saying it's the Black Country derby and not as I referred to it last week as the West Country derby. (laughs) So he's he's doing better than me. That would be a completely different accent altogether and I will leave it. And one that you must never (laughs) attempt. Uh, All right then, Watford Southampton. Rick, stick with you. Southampton are absolutely flying. Can the Saints destroy the Hornets? Desmond. No need to pull that face. I think it's going to be a Desmond. Anything else to add to that? No. Okay. Tom Bailey, (laughs) is it going to be a Desmond? It's that heart-hitting analysis you come for here. No, I don't think it'll be a Desmond. I think Southampton will win 3-1. Watford's are just kind of there for me. I don't like Watford. I see they signed Emmanuel Dennis back earlier today. Yeah, maybe Um, you'll get some goals for them. And I'm actually more surprised that Ishmael is still their manager. He's not won a game in two games. Surprised Watford haven't sacked him yet. (laughs) Do a testimonial next week. Yeah, (laughs) it's still shocked me more when he he signed his contract extension like sort of last year. Very bizarre. No, I think Southampton would do it. They're just too good at the moment. I, again, like I said earlier, they've not lost since like bloody, well, October last year. So, yeah, Southampton 3 1 winners. Sort of feeling the same lines, I think. I think Southampton will win by four goals to two. There will be lots of goals, and most of them will go to the away side, Paul Thorpe. It all depends what type of side, because obviously they're, they're rooting for promotion. Like, so if they put out a strong side, Southampton, if uh, they don't, I think it'll be uh, 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 Desmond. Half past two, Anfield, Liverpool against Norwich. Thorpe, I'll stick with you. Do the Canaries have an opportunity here if Klopp decides to rotate his squad? He will rotate it. Uh, Youngsters will come in and they'll still win. 
by? Liverpool seem to always let a goal in, so I will go for the 2-1 with a, with a less, lesser a team. Of course, it does mean that um, Jurgen Klopp will be matched up against his best man in David Wagner. Rick, dare I come to you? Will there be a shock or replay here? Absolutely no shock whatsoever. 2-0 Norwich. <laughs> no surprises here. No surprises. <laughs> I thought you were going to then go one extra and go, uh, Timu Puki, who doesn't play for them anymore, will get both. <laughs> Jeremy Goss will score in very tight shorts. That's another one for the kids. Look it up on YouTube, Tom. Stop looking so confused. Scored against Bayern Munich for Norwich back in the day. Who's Jeremy Goss? Exactly. You see, you don't know your yeah. football heritage. Great goal. Great was a Great goal, wasn't it? They had a good team yeah. that year. Great team. And they've got a great team now and a team that will be progressing manfully through to the fifth round of the FA Cup with glory. Mm-hmm. Tom Bailey? Harsh it wasn't for uh, Bristol Rovers. Of course, they've missed out in the previous round. But can you make a case for Norwich here or business as usual for the Reds? Oh, business as usual. We always absolutely hammer Norwich. I love it. I love playing Norwich. We need um, to get Luis Suarez back in on loan, don't we? Yeah, one game loan. Where is he? Into Miami now, isn't he? We can, we, he's in their off season. It's a preseason fixture for him. We'll get a hat trick. No, 4-0. Easy. Similar sort of lines. I will go 3-0 and a safe passage through to the last whatever it is 16 nope, <laughs> is that the yet. fifth round not yet <laughs> that's round six ah uh, 32 i guess we'll yeah. say that round five they don't just chuck out mass gcses do they prior you have to <laughs> no, work they for don't. them clearly <laughs> let that be a lesson to any aspiring podcaster who wants to get themselves into community radio you don't need qualifications to do this <laughs> but uh Revise and do your studies, children. Don't, Newport County against crack. Manchester United. Rick, is there going to be an upset here? Can Man United go through? Hey! I think that United are going to win this 3-0 and they'll be, it'll all be over by half time. And no surprises, nothing to see here. Move on. Paul Thorpe, you're old side, of course. Newport yeah. County. Um, yeah, well, obviously, in, in my head, they're going to beat Man United, obviously, like 2 0, you know, but the reality is that I think they'll. Paul sweep. Thorpe with both. <laughs> I'm very yeah. concerned about what goes on inside your head, Thorpe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with Rick. I think it's going to be quite comfortable. I think that as much as, as, much as I'd love the FA Cup to show its, its beautiful head again and with all the upsets. You know, Manchester United should have far too much for Newport and um, they'll have a great day there. But I think this uh, this will be quite a comfortable win for uh, Man United. Again, all depending on what type of side he puts out. Tom Bailey? 2-0 United. I want to say 1-0 County, but yeah, 2-0 United. They just, they're just they going to be too good. I think they might be good for a goal, Newport, but Man United have surely have got to get a few here. So I'm going to say 1-4 to Manchester United. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Oh, a bit, a bit of good news, Rick. I did see earlier that Antti Martial was going to be out for 10 weeks. So uh, congratulations. After turning down a move abroad. the sooner. Oh, he's... I didn't see that bit. Yeah, well, no, not a specific one, but he said that he didn't want to move anywhere in this transfer window. But it does mean that he's not going to get the opportunity to wear gloves on television for the last time in this country, which is a shame for all concerned. But moving I on. Saw that, I saw that um, he, like you said, rejected this move. And if he's out for 10 weeks, that takes us to what? March? April? End of the season. He's just going to be released. 
he's going to get nothing. Rather than go somewhere and play football, he'd rather sit at United and pick up his stinky wages. Glazonomics, people. It's the future. No, it's the past. It's the stinky past. And United are going <laughs> to move on and progress now that they've got everything sorted behind the scenes. These um, strong opinions that are coming from Mr. Hyatt just reminded me... Um, I listened back to one of the pods a couple of weeks ago when you were talking about your brother and his thoughts on David Moyes at, yeah. uh, at West Ham United. Did you say his name was Mick? His name is Mark, but we tend to call him Mick. I was thinking, did your parents really go for Mick and Rick? No. Was, did that <laughs> no. happen? No, no, it didn't. That, he's just evolved into into a Mick. We decided that he was a Mick. Ah, uh, okay, fair. Where's, where's the half-brother, Dick? He's right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that one for you, listeners, so you don't have to shout at you. You're all However, very you're listening to this. There's one game left, boys. One game left. And it's Hollywood possibly going to a real down to earth club in Blackburn Rovers, off to Lancashire. Tom Bailey, can you see Hollywood getting anywhere with this one? Um, I think it's going to go to a replay. I want it to be a Blackburn win. They're not in great form either at the moment, are they? They're not. They're really struggling at the moment, but. I I want them to win it, not only to go against the whole Hollywood grain sort of thing, but also because they made a really good uh, statement against uh, Mr. Barton's social media tirades. So Blackburn, well done for standing up for yourselves there and uh, putting out a good message to uh, any aspirational footballers and general people out there. Yeah, I think it's going to go to a replay. I'm going to say one all. Blackburn have actually been pretty good in cup competitions, lots of goals. So I think it's going to go to replay. And then I think annoyingly Wrexham will do something stupid in the replay. Yeah, replay. I do have a feeling it might be like 3-3 or something here and it'll be an absolute thriller. And like you say, it will end up going back to a replay. I think they did something similar against Sheffield United last year, albeit in the reverse at their ground. So I could see something like that, a share of... Six goals between them. Rick Hyatt, any offering from yourself here? Just a a point of interest. I was looking at social media today and I see that Wrexham have snapped up 7,000 tickets and as it stands, Blackburn have sold 5,000. Such is the allure of uh, Netflix or Disney. Which one's it on? Uh, Disney. It's on Disney. Yeah, such is the allure of a Disney. It's incredible, isn't it, when you look at that and you think there'll be actual football fans, quote-unquote, walking around America at the moment who know the name Wrexham but not Blackburn Rovers. Yeah, it's like one of the top eight most recognised football clubs in America at the moment is Wrexham. It's amazing what they've done. And you can't can't knock them, really. And they're they're both a pair of really sort of like likeable fellas as well. But the whole thing is just stinky. Jeff Stelling uh, said to said to us when Thorpe and I were in the audience that um, well, Westerns the other week just just me yeah he was saying that because he's a mon- minority stakeholder in Hartlepool that the initial phone call discussions with them in taking over Hartlepool but the chairman wouldn't budge on how much he wanted for the club and then a week later they were official owners of Wrexham. He's going to be ranked in history alongside the bloke that he turned down the Beatles because guitar bands were dead, isn't he? That's a shrewd bit of judgment that one sliding doors moment yeah blackburn versus wrexham thorpey thoughts yeah i'm actually um excited for wrexham to actually get through this one i think they got enough to do it i don't think blackburn are really playing that well at the moment and um i i I, I think there's a a bit of an issue there 
the, the manager seems a bit disgruntled. He's not getting the performances he was getting before. And I think that uh, Wrexham are going to win this one. Brick, did you give us a no, I didn't. prediction there? <laughs> I'm, so, I'm not going to let you bit. get away with it. Yeah, waffled on for ages. I think it'll be 2-1 to Hollywood and renew your subscriptions here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's it, boys. FA Cup weekend done. The predictions are in. So don't forget to keep an eye out over what happens on the weekend because it's going to be a bumper edition of Football Bloody Hell next week because, of course, we've got midweek Premier League fixtures. So even more predictions right here on Three Valleys Radio. So get your thinking caps on, boys. So (laughs) just gives me an opportunity to say, Paul Thorpe, thank you very much for joining us, sir. Absolute pleasure as always. Unai Emery, thank you very much for joining us, sir. My very, very pleasure. My very pleasure. Happy. He's still in the Zoom session. Tom Bailey, <laughs> thank you very much, mate. It's been a pleasure. Rick Hyatt, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. It's a pleasure. All of you have said it's a pleasure. Good good going, guys. That's why we're so regular now in midweek, because we just love it. We love it. Team chemistry. So it just gives me an opportunity from myself, Dave Pryor, to say thank you very much for joining us here on Football Bloody Hell. We will, of course, be giving you commentary over the weekend. Scythia and Gav Cheatham will be there for that one. But tonight, at least, you've been listening to Football Bloody Hell. (laughs) 